The following is a question and answer session given by His Holiness Jayapataka Swami Maharaj on December 31st, 2007 in Melbourne, Australia. So then he tried to enjoy with his $25,000, which doesn't last very long if you want to. Instead of investing it and doing a proper thing so he can practice his Krishna consciousness peacefully, he, uh, he misused it. And then after, once his money was run out, all his drinking friends or whatever they were, Criticize them, you're such a fool, why didn't you use your money for something useful? You know? Nobody appreciated. Because then he goes and asks them for loans. When you have no more money, then they say, forget it, I'm not going to give you any money. You, you had no money, why did you blow it all? You're a fool, they criticize him. Then he came back to the temple. Shameless. So that's another type of maya. We got a ton of questions here. Besides, let me offer my obeisance first to Prabhupada. Oma Gana Timirandasya Gananjana Salakaya Chakshuru Nunmiritam Jena Tasmai Si Gunavi Nama Nama Om Vishtupadaya Krishna Prestaya Bhutale Simate Bhakti Vedanta Swami Nitinamini Namaste Saraswati Deve Gaudavani Prachadine, Nirvisesa Sunyavadi, Pashtatya Deshatadine, Sikhishta Chaitanya Prabhunityananda, Siyadaita Gadadharo Siva Sarigaura Bhakta Vrinda, Hare Krishna Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna Hare Hare, Hare Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare. Mukakuruti vachalam pangulanga yate giring Yatki patamahang bande si gurung dinatadinam Paramanandamadhavam si chaitanya iswaram Besides following faithfully the instructions of one spiritual master, what is the best way of expressing one's gratitude to one spiritual master who has given initiation? Following instructions is a basic standard requirement. If we don't follow the instructions, we're considered to be a fallen disciple. If we follow instructions, then we're considered to be a Madhyam disciple. If we do it fairly well. If we're able to understand what the spiritual master wants even without him giving instructions. Then that's considered an uttam disciple. 
Prabhupada was asked questions like this many times and he said, when my disciples develop love for Godhead, I'm really happy. Guru Bandhu. <laughs> Prabhupada said, if you want to help, if you want to repay me debt, you feel indebted, the way you can do that is by being Krishna conscious and helping others to be Krishna conscious. Be happy in Krishna consciousness and help others to be happy. Sometime when a devotee, Bhakti Riksha member is shaping up very well in devotional service, we as Bhakti Riksha self-servants face lots of brickbats from their immediate family members and get accused of disturbing the family atmosphere. Maharaj, what should be our mood and how should we deal with the situation? Your useless servant Jagannath Ram Das. Who is Jagannath Ram? I told this story once that uh, one of my disciples was a vice president of a bank and uh, his father was uh, from India, from Bangalore, Brahmin, who came to America as a research scientist accumulated maybe $100,000 or more a year before taxes, I imagine. But Then he came to visit uh, his son and daughter-in-law and found they were doing puja to Radha and Krishna. So then he said, why are you young people, why are you doing all this puja? You should be enjoying life. Why don't you go out to the cinemas, go out to the discos and they say, see that we are enjoying life. This for us, this is great enjoyment. We're very happy. So sometimes there's this kind of a misunderstanding. People have an idea, what is happiness? They don't realize that being Krishna conscious, you're also very happy. Later the father... <coughs> was asked by his brother that you said we should do this when you get old. Now you're old, you came back, you're retired. Why don't you go to Tirupati, Guru Vayur, Sri Rangam, all the holy places. What, what, what are you sitting here for? What are you being in the house? And you're always working about, worrying about money. You say, well, I have to get uh, this daughters to get married. No, but all your daughters are married. But I have granddaughters. No, but the fathers of the granddaughters will see to that. That's their responsibility, not yours. And why don't you go to the temple? So when I go to the temple the whole life I'm thinking money, money, money. I'm not able to focus my mind on the deities. After a few seconds I'm thinking again, should I put my money that I have saved in the stock market, unit, trust, those are Indian, no so fixed deposit, mutual fund. <laughs> so like this I can't concentrate. So this is, you see that, one thing is that you have to also guide the devotees that when they become blissful, in Krishna, they shouldn't force their family members also to do the things. Sometimes people use too much pressure. Sometimes the husband, 
pressures the wife or the wife pressures the husband. And, and then uh, there's a kind of a, a rejection. That's it. And they become very dead again. So better to do the things very gradually, explain. But there's some people like that, they're going to always uh, have this material because this is the kind of preaching been going on in India for I don't know how many centuries. And so as a result, they don't know what's the priority. So sometimes you have to preach to them. When, when somebody is sick or in the hospital or there's a crisis, then everything changes, but their priorities change. Somehow you have to guide your people in your Bhakti Viksha group how to present the thing such a way that the whole family can also enjoy it. Like sometimes in the Middle East uh, where they can't really practice publicly, they rent some boat and go out to some island in the Gulf of uh, Persia. And uh, they have a, a big picnic and chanting and everything there where they are secluded. So all the people that come and visit the, the other new devotees, they say, well, the Krishna consciousness is a lot of fun. Right now the uh, what are my responsibilities as a parent towards our children, your servants, Ravi and Kaja? Of course, depends up to what age. Yeah, spiritually, we're supposed to try to see that our children get in this cycle of birth and death. Then materially we have to feed them, care for them, educate them, so many other aspects. But uh, we want that they don't have to take birth again. One of my disciples in Chennai, I asked him, you know, you have children and because sometimes people say you should let the children do whatever they want. It's their life. But he said, well, I don't want my children to complain to me that you, Dad, you allowed us to go to hell. You knew better. You knew that Krishna consciousness was the goal of life. You knew that, that uh, what the purpose of human life was. We were just foolish children. So we naturally went in the wrong way. And you never stopped us, so it's all your fault. I'd rather have them at least say that our dad gave us the best that he knew about. He gave us Krishna, gave him the best he knew about. Then he said, if they, at, at, when they're 18 or 21, when they're adults, if they don't want it, well, there's nothing I can do about that. At least I did my part. I explained in the best that I know about the purpose of life, what, how to get through life, what is the meaning of life, all these things. I think if you're ready, of course, Chanakya said to be very loving to the children at the age of five, up to five, be a bit strict with them from five to fifteen, and from sixteen up, be friends. So these are some ancient advice. Life in Australia is very comfortable compared to India. 
This is an anonymous letter. As a result, the standard of austerities practiced by devotees in Australia is lower. Does it have an impact on our spiritual progress? Austerities is not a big aspect of Krishna consciousness because even it says too much austerity can create a hard heart which may make us less uh, open to Krishna consciousness, less open to bhakti. But there's some austerities we do, but these things we do for the service of Krishna. Chanting, fasting on fast days. So voluntarily, if you get more time here, if there's less of a hard struggle like our IT workers in India, they probably have to work a minimum 10 to 12 hours, sometimes 14. It's very uh, rigorous there. So many hours of coming and going is also a hassle. Or here is an 8 hour work day prescribed by law. Any more than that, overtime, this has so many factors. So, if you do get a little more time, use it for Krishna. I get the excuse in India that, or I don't say excuse, the reason that they find it very hard to attend Bhakti Viksha group meetings because they have to work so long hours. They only get a period of time at the end of the weekend when there are also usually a lot of other things to do. So those who do go to the Bhakti Viksha meetings, it's a big austerity. At the same time, like in Wipro, Wipro and some other, uh, I don't remember exactly which ones, but in Bangalore, some of those uh, big uh, information uh, technology companies, during the lunch break, they allowed the, 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 the employees to have Bhagavad Gita classes. So some of our devotees are giving Bhagavad Gita class at lunch. Fifteen minutes for quick lunch and the rest of the time for Bhagavad Gita. So even when there's little time, somehow they squeeze in some chance for class, for satsang. If here you get more time, you sit uh, less excuse to say, I can't attend the Bhakti Viksha meeting. I can't come to the temple sometimes. Try to balance, of course you have to balance with the family duties and the, some time for the family, something time for shopping, some time for bhakti riksha, some time for temple. If you're getting, if you feel like that, there's less austerity, use the extra time you get for Krishna. And in a, as much as you can. Thank you. There is a passage in the Gita where it says that the living entity believes itself to be the door of activities which are actually carried out by the three modes of material nature. In such a situation, how much free choice do we have? Really have? If none, does the liberated soul and the spiritual have more free choice? Are we always under the control of an energy of the Lord?
you see that the living entity is a small spiritual spark and it decides it wants to do this or that through the agency of the intelligence and the and the mind and senses act. So the body, mind, senses, these are all products of the material nature. So we're just like in that car as a passenger. But the whole activity of moving is being done by the by the car, by the wheels, maybe by the driver, different people. We're not actually doing it ourselves. That's one thing, but uh, that's that's really what's being disguised, described here. But apart from that, we do have in the material world some free choice. That's why we have karmic reactions. How much free choice we have, of course we are conditioned souls. We're conditioned by our environment, by our society, by our friendship, by our family. So some of our free choice is not fully able to manifest because of all this conditioning. Relatively speaking, a liberated soul has much more free choice. Of course, their free choice is within how to serve Krishna. They don't want to do anything which is not related to Krishna. They are under the protection of the spiritual energy. But they are allowed the free will if they want to offer a rose garland or a jasmine garland or what frangy panji or what Whatever, you want to offer a garland, you want to offer prasad, so many different options, or whatever the, your service happens to be for Krishna, you are given that freedom to choose how you want to serve Krishna. So that way, a liberated soul has much more freedom to serve. What change does Diksha bring to a devotee's life? Chaitanya Charitamrita describes, I quote some verses that uh, from the Puranas, that just like a touchstone can turn brass to gold, initiation can turn the devotee into a spiritualized person. Under the protection of the Diksha Guru and the Guru Parampara, one gets a lot of relief. So one of the symptoms is that one should feel that they are protected, that they are relieved from a big weight. It's like you're carrying, uh, say, 50 kilos on your shoulder and suddenly it gets lightened. Now you're only, you're not carrying anything or you're only carrying 5 kilos. So it becomes very easy. Now the guru is taking off so much karmic load from you. So there are many factors like that. Before one was, but that also depends on how you react and relate with your diksha guru, with your siksha gurus. Someone's asking here, 
what one thing if I do that will please you the most? From Ravi. Where's Ravi? One thing. I don't know, it's hard to say. If you get develop love of God here, that'd be the one thing. Then my job is uh, completed. Otherwise, uh, there's so many things one could do along the path. I can't say that one, if you help someone else to be, if you, someone else, you make them Krishna conscious. That's very pleasing to me. If you can regain someone's who has gone away from Krishna to come back, that's also very dear. If your family becomes Krishna conscious, so many things, it's hard to say which is the most important. We're giving you a little freedom, which one you want to do. Maharaj, how can I regain my faith in the deity form of Lord Krishna? I don't know how you lost your faith. It says, regain faith. Why, you had the faith and you lost it. Why did you lose it? Krishna is... Is there some water? Krishna is present in His deity. I was telling about, you know, Jagannath's pastimes in uh, Mayapur. I told here a few. And uh, I, I was telling in Sofia, Bulgaria. Anyone here from Bulgaria? I made my first visit to Bulgaria. Nice, nice people, nice devotees. Bulgaria is next to Monte, Montenegro and Serbia. So, then I asked them, do you have any pastime of your deities? And then uh, the Pujari, she told that I have a pastime. See that they, they made new shoes for Jagannath Baladev and Subhadra. Now every shoe has a right shoe and a left shoe, right? Is that right? Right? You agree? Which shoes do deities have? How many shoes each? One or two? Left and right. Okay, but Subhadra only had two left shoes. <laughs> the, the devotee who made the shoes made a mistake and made her two left shoes. So then, this Pujari had a dream where Subhadra came holding her shoes, you know, and she's limping one shoe on and the other one she's holding, she can't. So he said, why you only give me one shoe that fits? And the Pujari was shocked, you know. The deity is talking to me, asking why am I only given the one shoe? But she didn't tell the president, she didn't tell anybody. She just kept it a secret. After a few more days, she had another dream. 
This time Jagannath and Baladeva are walking with his sister. What you did? You've given our sister two left shoes. She can't walk properly. What's wrong with you? They got really heavy with her. And she was shaking, you know, she woke up. And then she went and told the president. And he said, why didn't you tell me earlier? So they made a left shoe and a right shoe. They made you know, a pair of shoes. Then everything was alright. Does anybody here have any pastime of Radha Balava or Jagannath or Gornitai? Chitindra might have. He's doing a lot of service. You do, right? The, two, the three small deities said, we're not going on Rathyatra until we get painted like the big deities. <laughs> no prejudice between big and small. <laughs> Jai Jagannath Swami Ki! Jai. So I hope this builds, regain your faith in Krishna. And talk to me maybe something more personal. Currently I am more inclined in material life. While surrounded by devotees and Vaishnavas. In such situation my influence by influence and material desires and false ego. I may commit offenses towards Vaishnavas. This would cause hindrance and spiritual progress. How to avoid Vaishnava Aparad without causing any troubles to Lord Krishna. Hari Bol Satya. Mr. Satya. But this sounds like a, a proposal of Maya. You're already inclined a little bit to material life, but you're associating with devotees. So Maya is telling you, oh, better not associate too much with devotees, you may commit an aparad. Just stay with me and I'll make you happy. <laughs> Where if you have a disease... Like the, the, so one of the cures for material desires is to have devotee association. 
If we have devotee association, then we are more likely to become a little attracted to Krishna consciousness. Material life is sin. Maybe you can call it like sin or bad karma, whatever. But it's not an offense. Unless you've taken vows of initiation, then you break the principles, then it's the third offense of disobeying your Guru's order. But if you're not initiated, then you're not inclined to material life. It's nothing wrong with that. It's kind of natural. Everybody in the material world is inclined to material life. But we want to try to change that and become inclined to Krishna consciousness. But that's why we want to associate with devotees, we want to take prasad, we want to hear the Srimad Bhagavatam, hear Bhagavad Gita. And this way gradually we can get a better perspective on things. On our own it's very difficult to come out of the material attachment. In order to balance that we need a good association. If you associate with materialists then you're going to be more likely to be uh, deeper and deeper in material existence. So if you're disrespectful to the Vaishnava, the one way is, just like in India, there are many people, they may pray the sadhus for blessings because they want some material thing, but they're respectful. So if you're disrespectful to devotees, then you'll avoid the offense. Guru Maharaj, how to enjoy the bliss in the nectarian ocean when I don't know swimming. Thanks. Well, our whole process of Krishna consciousness teaches you how to swim in the ocean of nectar. We can't guarantee the work at the beach, but this is how to dive deep in the ocean of bliss, how to chant and hear, how to serve, how to relish. Just I hear this devotee here is fanning. Are you blissful fanning? So like this, by sometime doing some seva for the Vaishnavas, we may also taste some nectar and we will go deeper. As Kali Yuga advances, will the standard of devotees or sannyasis go down? Well, we're supposed to have a 10,000 year golden era. During that era there should be some people whose standard advances. And at the same time, there could also be some degradation of standard for people who are not following a proper Guru Parampara. Hare Krishna Maharaj Dandavat Pranam Prostrate Obeisances of Maharaj. I used to enjoy devotional service in Balaram Desh daily. I am unable to do so after coming to Melbourne due to various reasons. Please help me. Well, Balaram Desh is a small place which has uh, two temples. And uh, it's very interactive. A lot of devotees can participate in chanting and 
leading and there's different classes and satsangs and different... I don't know exactly why you're not experiencing bliss here. Here they have a big Saturday program focused more on Indian and then also Sunday program for everyone and then they have different festivals and they have Bhakti Viksha groups. Probably if you connect up with one of the Bhakti Viksha groups that you can relate with better well, for whatever reason because of language or culture or then maybe uh, you'll get a better taste. Otherwise come and see me. Why does Krishna like cows by Aditya? Looks like, looks like a child. Oh, thanks Aditya. Well, Krishna like cows and cows like Krishna. Cows are said to be the personification of religiosity, resident of all the devas and angels, the very peaceful animals, and they produce milk. And milk produces yogurt. And yogurt produces ghee. And you can also get from milk, you can get cheese. Do you like milk? You don't like milk? (laughs) Do you like cheese? Pizza? (laughs) So that's why Krishna likes cows. (laughs) And many more reasons. Dear Guru Maharaj, Dear Guru Maharaj with Maharaj crossed out. Dear Guru, I guess. So just before I came to the temple today, I was on the Krishna.com. I realized how much the word is spreading about Krishna consciousness during the next five years. What are your plans for the growth of Krishna consciousness? How should one cope when an atheist says an offensive comment about Krishna consciousness? How should we react? Hari Bolt. All my plans are, we're working on some strategies with the GBC, how to promote different types of preaching, mainstream, alternative, and uh, in this way expand. I'm trying to, myself, trying to take care, better care of my Diksha, Shiksha, and other devotees under my, want me to, under my care by uh, different means, and uh, hope to get that improved every year. As far as uh, offensive statements, we should we have three choices. One is either we defeat the person and say that what you're saying is saying is impractical, unreasonable, incorrect. Or otherwise we can walk away and just ignore the person and say not pay any attention to them. As per Bhagavad chapter Bhagavad Bhagavita Bhagavita chapter 12, sloka 26, this is Bhagavad Gita. Yo na harshiti na dveshti na solchiti dakangshiti subha subha parityagi bhakti manya samantpriya And also it said that the whole Bhagavad Gita revolves around this mantra or sloka. Can you please explain the significance of this and how this can be achieved in normal life, Sumit? Well, 
harshati and dvaishti, sochati and kanshati, subha subha prityagi bhakti manya samajpriya. The idea is that we want to focus everything on pleasing Krishna. We're not working, we don't get envious against anybody, we don't, uh, we're not favoring anybody, we act neutral to everyone, we are not overjoyed when we get a little happiness, and that we, just like that guy got his uh, inheritance, he forgot everything, left Krishna. That would be like Sochati, I got happy, okay, I don't need Krishna anymore, we don't go that side, and Makansati, we face a little difficulty, someone dies in the family, someone's sick, some problem, some law, we don't get depressed about it, we don't get hopeless. We don't do things because it's good or bad, we do things only because it's for Krishna. So this is very practical for us in our everyday life. Got six minutes, see how many we can finish. How should one keep up with Krishna consciousness when they are participating in a busy schedule? Well, that's tough. But if I had to do some time management and see how you can squeeze at least... I was in a working in a busy schedule in Mayapur, double shift, six until midnight. And uh, so Prabhupada told me, just chant your 16 rounds and attend Guru Puja and, and do your service. So... Like that, sometimes you have to... The basic thing we have to do is chant our rounds every day. And then after that, Guru Puja, then there's classes. And so how many things you can fit in? If you have a very busy schedule, you may have to cut some things down. But keep up your chanting at least. How do we deal with parents who are not favorable to Krishna consciousness, especially in situations where we are forced to stay with them for a period of time? Since I'm a grihasta, I mean I'm a sannyasi rather, I'm not a grihasta, I may not be the best person to advise you on this. I have not much personal experience. I left the family. I gave up. <laughs> so, take some advice from people who have uh, parents, how they deal with them. Generally what we try to do, we be respectful, but we follow our own principles. When they see we're happy, maybe if they're real parents, they'll also appreciate. We don't want to disrespect them, but that doesn't mean we're going to follow them. There's a saying in Sanskrit or in Bengali that that this hartaki, haritaki, this one herb used in trifala, the haritaki is always good for your stomach, but sometimes your mother's love can kill you. No offense meant to mothers. But sometimes if you have a non-Krishna conscious mother and she wants you to stop chanting, stop doing, that can spiritually be a big obstacle for you. Maybe she has some sentiment or some reason, but it may not be the correct idea. She has misinformed. Where Krishna conscious like this Haritaki or whenever you take it, it's good for the digestion. So we don't want to give up our Krishna consciousness, but sometimes we all at the same time say, this is my commitment. Just like some children, they say, I'm sorry mother and father, I don't want to be uh, a devotee. We can't force them. Similarly, they can't force us not to be a devotee. But we know we're doing the right thing. 
it's not a bad thing, we're doing a very good thing. And uh, eventually, even like my father, he was so angry with me, when I became a devotee, that he wrote me and said, you're no longer my son. I was a Tyaja Putra. After eight years, he wrote back and said, no, I want to apologize, I think you're doing a good thing. And the son and the son, and the father is the father, let's reestablish the relationship. And then when he died, he told his priest that of all my children, the one I'm most proud of is my son Jay. I was Jay. He really, he really did something with his life. So I stuck by my principles. May not have pleased them at one point, but in the end he was most pleased by what I did. So, Dear Maharaj, how many cowherd boyfriends did Lord Krishna have? Millions. <laughs> From the insignificant spark trying to reach your lotus feet, Karvish. Which one's Karvish? Okay. He had so many. Is there a course in Mayapur to qualify oneself as a pujari? Yes. If so, what is the duration of the course? You ask uh, Nishinga Kavach, he's one of the organizers of the course. I think it's about three, two, twenty, two or three months. But he can tell you the exact details. Thank you all very much.